Well, a year ago, we talked to and had been to the Ford Driving Skills for Life course. Well, they've updated it a year later and had another launch, and we thought the best person to send to that was our expert in road safety and in behaviour change, Liz Ampt, and she joins us on the line now. Liz, you went down to the event. How would you describe it overall? Well, it was really very interesting because it gave us all an insight into what the Driving Skills for Life program is. Is um, James Stewart, who leads that program on behalf of Ford, described to us exactly um, what how it works. It's like this: it's for uh, young people who've probably either just about finished their learners, or most more likely those who are already uh, on their P's and really wanting a lot more skills. So he explained to us that it is not only lectures by any means; it's a half a day and um, he started off the way he starts off with them for the launch and showed us how to get in, into a car so that we're safe. And uh, then he went on to get us thinking about it, a lot of things. For example, where do you hold your hands when you drive, when you steer? And most people said 10 o'clock and 2 o'clock. But he pointed out that with modern cars, smaller steering wheels, uh, the airbags are basically right in front of you and if you use the 10-2 hold rather than the correct now, 9 o'clock and 3 o'clock hold, the airbag won't function efficiently. Besides which, he pointed out that the levers are all exactly at 9 and 3. So that, he says, gets the students quite interested because some of them were already learned incorrectly. And it has a practicality about it, doesn't it? A reality that sort of says, hang on, it's just not automatic. It's, you know, you've got to think about the nature of the car in front of you. Exactly. And that was at the most simple level. And then he told us that as part of this Driving Skills for Life program, this half day, it's really getting young people to try to drive. So they take with them several cars um, and they do things like... Uh, find out what it's like to use the ABS system, the braking system correctly. And they do that by actually getting in there with somebody who's experienced and, um, and doing that, pushing the brake as hard as they can, as quickly as they can, so that the ABS actually works the way it should. Did you have a go? I did. Well, I sat in the back seat because there were young people who were supposed to be <laughs> doing it. Um, and it was very interesting because, you know, even I was thinking to myself uh, that it sounded rather, well, it was indeed rather um, immediate and quite, I flew through forward in my seatbelt, but which is exactly what's supposed to happen when you use the ABS brake properly. So that was really very interesting. And um, the event was opened by uh, Kay Hart, the CEO of Ford, and she, um, she, well, she just basically introduced it. But there was another person there called Marilyn, Dr. Marilyn Johnson from the Amy Gillett Foundation. I've spoken to Marilyn over the time. She's very good. She was. And uh, she was saying, whereas last year, the cycling relationship with cars, they were focusing on keep one metre distance from a bike. This year, they were focusing on something uh, that you might have heard of, I'm not sure, but called the Dutch Reap. I haven't. Tell me about it. Well, the Dutch reach is presumably invented by the people in Netherlands. Nobody mentioned that, but anyhow, it's called the Dutch reach. And it's a simple method for drivers to be able to check if there are cyclists 
coming as they open their door. And what it is in Australia with our um, right-hand drive, you simply open the driver's door with your left hand. And when you're doing that, if you imagine, you you really have to turn your head around. (laughs) I laugh with you, not at you in (laughs) any way. (laughs) Previously, or possibly still, cars have these little signs that said, watch out for cyclists. But that becomes very, well, you don't even notice it after a while. Um, you just It's there all the time, so you don't even think about it. But using this Dutch reach, uh, it's quite simple and um, very effective. Uh, well, of course, if you make a habit of doing that, then you think of why you're doing that. Mm. And not, not only do you turn your head automatically, but you think, well, hang on, there's a reason for this. Is that a reasonable, likely outcome from this sort of approach? Yes, I think so. He, uh, James was... It- particularly saying that you want to have things that are habitual. Yeah. We all know that if it's a habit, it'll become, um, it'll be much more effective. So he told us how they run the, the training day and he's certainly encouraging people in the places, in the cities where they are going to be holding these to let people come along. Because it's a um, community service component of Ford's business, they don't advertise, they just, rely on us to tell people to uh, come along. Oh, okay. So they're not sort of doing the big corporate flag waving. They also do some things like, what is it? It's the drunk suit. It was called, well, they call it an impairment suit. And what it is, is it has been researched, of course. Weights are attached to your arms and to your thighs and legs and your ankles. And also you have um, head well, not headphones, earmuffs on. And finally, you're given goggles. They make it seem as if it would be when you've got 0.05 alcohol content in your blood. Okay. And so what they made some people do was walk along a straight line without that suit on. And yes, indeed, they could walk along the line. And then we were able to observe, which I suppose was funny, what happens when you put the impairment suit on. But in fact, that's how... That's the skills that we have when we are even only that much over the limit. Which is a reality, isn't it? I mean, you can theorise about that in a lecture for hours, but this gives a practical reality to it. Yes. I think that's the whole focus of it, uh, being practical. Even another aspect that they taught about being practical is, you know, if you're going 60 kilometres an hour, how long does it take you to stop? So it's all very well to tell you how many metres that is. What they've done is, well, what they did that day was mark it out so that you could actually see how long, it, how, how far is 60 metres and how far is 100 metres. So then it becomes quite shocking to the students to say, oh, my goodness, if I put the brakes on here, right over there is when I'm going to be able to stop. And Marilyn Johnson, the uh, PhD, Dr Johnson, from Monash University, she has a nice balance, really, between academia and working with the Amy Gillett Foundation. Now, Amy Gillett, that was to do with the tragedy of the young lady who was a cyclist who died? Yes, that's right. That's when the foundation was formed. To be honest, I'm not sure in which year that was. But I do know that uh, Marilyn told me she had been working with them for six years, so it must have been before that. Um, And so she says it's a really nice mix of research because she's at the university. And then the um, practical side of 
answering questions that the Amy Gillett um, Foundation wants to know. So uh, she gave the example of training truck drivers to deal with cyclists. Um, and a fascinating course in Australia, we've, they've trained a hundred of these drivers. What they start doing is they get the truck drivers to ride the bicycles on a certain course in a city. And she said, you see these drivers leaning back on their arms saying, whatever do we have to do this bicycle riding exercise? We're truck drivers, for goodness sake. And they ride around for the short period of time and when they come back, they're saying things like, did you see that truck driver? He didn't wait for me. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. We once did a conference down in Melbourne where we had a a whole pile of engineers, quite a number of, possibly with myself included, crusty old engineers. We took them out on bike rides around Williamstown and it was the same thing, you know, bumps on the road. It suddenly meant that their management of maintenance suddenly had a new perspective altogether mm. because that bump on the road to a car was a little inconvenient. To a bike rider, it was a potential death trap. Exactly. Yeah, so that's uh, some of the work that she's been doing um, with, with that combination of Amy Gillett and uh, Monash University. I think that's nice that it is a thoughtful, got good research behind it, and is not just trying to come from the marketing department. Yes, I was fairly impressed with that um, because one of the things that James was saying is that, well, I, as I mentioned before, though, it's definitely not marketing, but he always wants the young people to really understand when they're thinking about cyclists as a when they're driving and thinking about cyclists, he wants them to think about them as not cyclists, but as, as if they were their mother, father, sister, brother, child. So they're people. And he said that is, seems to make a big impression on the young students who attend the Driving Schools for Life course to think about a cyclist, in this case, as a person rather than a silly old cyclist. You've done a lot of uh, behaviour change. Do you see strong links between these, this program and the sort of work you do? I do, actually. I, I feel as if um, this Driving Skills for Life program uses a, many of the elements that I would use in a behaviour change program, which is helping people to help themselves. So instead of just preaching to the children, or the, to the young people, sorry, um, they're the leaders of the program are actually getting them to work out what sort of issues they have as young drivers and then allowing them to experience some of the things that would happen if they didn't change their behaviour in the way they drive. So, yeah, there were quite a lot of parallels, I thought. Hmm. Well, that, that, that's one It would be nice if we can keep in contact. I think we might be able to have a chat to the CEO of Ford, uh, Kay, and um, maybe uh, even get Marilyn on the show again. And, of course, we anyone who wants to think about your particular approach knows that we did interview a little while ago. So just look up Liz Ampt. Your, your business is, of course, Concept of Change. So, Liz, thanks for taking the time and going to that. I appreciate that greatly. Great. Thanks, David.
And that's Liz Amp. She is the founder and now the director of a Concept of Change, doing a lot of good work around Australia in the art of getting people to understand and own their own solutions for what are some very important community issues.